Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Uphill Athlete podcast. My name is Maya Seckinger, and we are joined by Uphill Athlete coaches Carolyn Parker and Karen Brockle. In this episode, we talk about being female athletes and feeling the need to prove ourselves. We dive into the challenges and unique assets women face in the mountain endurance world, along with discussing the inadequate training focuses women face and the frustration behind that. It's a fantastic episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Good morning. It's morning here. It's afternoon where, where Coach Karen is. But good day, everyone. Uh, I'm Carolyn Parker. I am a coach with Uphill Athlete. Uh, background in uh, rock and ice climbing, expedition climbing. I've done a bunch of trail running, road bikes in college. Lots of things. Um, been at it for a while, and I'm a newbie fly fisher. It's pretty fun. Hi, everyone. I'm Karen Bockle, coach with Uphill Athlete, and I'm talking to you from far away, Chamonix, France, the capital of alpinism. I'm a mountain guide. I've been certified for about three, four years now. I started guiding about 15 years ago on Denali, the cold big mountain up north. And before that, throughout my junior years in college and after an endurance athlete for a big part of my life. I started running and then kind of by accident fell into bike racing and did some uh, ski more racing as well. Pretty much a fan of the outdoors and the mountains. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Maya Seckinger. I'm also a coach with Uphill Athlete. I've been around this company for a while. My background is in cross-country skiing or Nordic skiing, as some people call it. I've done that since I was a little kid and raced on the national circuit for many years and through college. And I've taken a break from that and potentially transitioning more towards running and other outdoor sports. I grew up in the mountains, um, like these two, a big fan of the outdoors and mountain sports. Awesome. Thank you, too. Today, we are here to begin a conversation with the goal of helping women gain knowledge to support themselves in training and build confidence in the mountain environment. That's what we're doing with our female uphill athlete group. So our first topic uh, that the three of us are going to talk about today is this topic of feeling like you need to prove yourself. Um, the frustration that many women feel uh, like they need to prove themselves when they're in a mountain environment uh, like they need to earn the right to be there or when training for competitive events where women are often the minority uh, and feeling a lack of support due to that minority position. Uh, all three of us likely have stories we can share on that topic and we're going to do that a little bit and how we handled those situations, support we got or didn't. I know that both um, Karen and Maya have worked and, and you know continue to work in jobs where women are minorities as well as sports that they've been in. So this should be a really fun topic. I'll turn it over to you, Maya and Karen, if anybody wants to share some stories. Thanks, Carolyn. This is a good one to bring up. I feel like this <laughs> is my MO for life. Yes, it is. <laughs> Miss Mountain Guide, you are a minority. <laughs> But this whole idea of like having to prove myself is something that's like followed me forever. I, I don't know if, 
if we're, if we're like more predisposed to have this mindset in general or where this comes from or if it's a cultural thing also growing up in in Europe and being like you know this is what you're supposed to be and you're supposed to be nice and you're supposed to do well and and, and that sort of thing that might have contributed to it and then the whole thing being sort of augmented by being in this environment that's often male dominated and and feeling like sort of the odd one out a little bit and then having even more of a need to prove oneself I completely agree I feel like especially just being a coach in this world I mean in skiing I've had experiences where I've been the only female on a team but I would say Nordic skiing you know if you ski in college the teams are pretty 50 50 male female but you know, being in the world of being an endurance or mountain coach, you know, there's, I think, four of us in all of uphill athlete as female coaches um, with a pretty big team of men. So I've always felt like, you know, we have to maybe work harder. I think Karen's right. I think we're a little predisposed to be like, you got to keep up with the boys. Like we got to uh, prove that we are just as good or better. Um, I know you got to beat them really. Got to beat them. Yes. Yeah, I think it was a sad day when I stopped being able to beat the boys like in races. That was hard for me because, you know, I think we're all have a competitive streak in us since we're just in this line of work. We've all raced a lot. And I think, you know, that transfers over into work and life. Yeah. What I found, uh, it's sort of funny that the the beat them. So (laughs) I'm in my 50s now. Thank goodness. Uh, When I was younger, I used to call it my Tinkerbell attitude. Because in the original Peter Pan movie, Tinkerbell used to sing to him, anything you can do, I can do better. And so that was, I can do anything better than you. That was my philosophy. When I was younger, I was like, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I can't hang, do, be, which actually really was an asset Mm -hmm. on some levels. Uh, it adds stress. There's a le- a societal lens that we shouldn't be doing the things we're doing because we're girls. Um, but in the same breath, I do want to support that over all these years of doing these sports, working in these industries, um, having those challenges, I have certainly gained a lot of insight and confidence, but I've also worked with a lot of remarkable men. And so that is something to highlight is that they, there are some, you know, there have been some exceptions and that is the challenge. Uh, but it's nice to know that, especially in the mountain environment, coaching environments, um, you know, for example, the team at Uphill Athlete, the generally speaking, we've got a lot of um, fairly woke men around us Absolutely. are trying, right? <laughs> we try really we try. hard. They do a great job. I mean, we're really yeah. lucky. <laughs> Which is yeah. why we've got this female uphill athlete group going so that more women can, you know, have access to us and help like share mm-hmm. stories. I mean, Karen, have you had situations? I mean, do you feel like in your world of mountain guiding, which I know as a fully certified guide, you are in a significant minority, but do you feel like generally you get support from the community? Is it still, is it pretty good? Is it? Yeah. 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 In some ways, I sometimes feel like being a woman is an asset in that world because you have, you can offer some things that maybe all those 99% of male guides can't offer. You've got something special. So that can be nice. And at the same time, when I show up at a hut, for example, with lots of local guides, you know, say from France or from Switzerland, 
and I'm there and I'm friendly and I say hello, then they don't view me as much of a, a intruder or competition. And often it allows me to like start the conversation and and we'll talk and we'll talk about conditions and we'll share information and experiences and it becomes a positive thing for everyone involved, you know. And and so often I can be like the one who starts it, which is nice. But it's it also has its hard moments, of course. And I think one thing that's really helped me along the years of of being in in sort of the minority is that that when I was running at the time, like I remember in high school, you know, trying out for for the varsity team, I would have made the boys varsity team. And it was sort of boys and girls always separate. But but in the mountains, like you're not competing against someone else. You're not, you know, you're not like divided up into boys and girls. It's like the mountains are the challenge and we're there to to do our best regardless of who we are, you know. So that's something that I've come to realize and, and that gave me confidence and allowed me to sort of look beyond the the gender issue or division. I think that's such a good point that, and I think you can take that outside of the mountains too, because maybe not in high school cross country, but in life, you know, you're not really competing against a male or even females. Like you're competing or you're just, you're just living. (laughs) You're not even competing. You're just proving yourself what you can do if it's in your job or in the mountains or in a relationship, like you are your own competition or your own challenge. And I think it's a good thing to remember that it doesn't really matter what gender you are or how you identify, like it's really up to you. Yeah. With everything I had done over the years, people, you know, ask me frequently, I run a strength conditioning facility, which is not common. I used to guide Karen does, um, you know, it's being in minority roles for work as well as sports you choose. And people would ask, you know, why are you doing, oh, that's, and I used to say, you know, it's what I do. I do because it's a passion in my heart and soul has enough. It really doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. And I try to do it in a very genderless formula in the sense of like, I'm not good at this for a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm good at this, but within that, just understanding that, you know, we are different than men. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that our women coaches like Karen said, in her situation, in the mountains, she can diffuse any tension. She can start conversations. You know, she can be like the ambassador, uh, you know, of all that. And, and we can do that as women. We can coach men because we've, we've done a lot of these things, but we can also use that asset of understanding the difference of what it feels like to be a female athlete and what modifications we need to make to achieve because we have a different you know, physiology. Um, and, you know, I know Maya had experienced that when she was younger in competitive sports, you know, the, the protocols for training young women are different than young men. And that this might be a nice time to maybe pause and roll into another subject. What do you all think? Yeah. Yeah. So our next topic that we wanted to dive more deeply into, and I, again, I know we're all going to have a lot of personal experiences here, is when being trained, an inadequate training focus. And so this was something that a lot of women, you know, expressed frustration with. So uh, it was sort of demystifying and debunking this common issue with, you know, non-female coaches, coaching women, maybe modifying training inappropriately to easy or you know, not modifying at all. It was too hard. It doesn't mean that we can't 
have equal performance. We want to come at it slightly differently. And we have you know, different physiologic makeup than men, but uh, maybe we can share our experiences both as athletes and maybe a little bit as, you know, as coaches and the way we like to talk about that. Maya, you and I were talking a little bit about something like that earlier. Do you want to share that or some of your experience? Yeah, well, absolutely. I think so, you know, training male versus female, I think is it's different, but also it's the same. Like women and men have the same goals in the mountains. Um, I think we don't fully change our training structure. I think a lot of the time, I mean, depending on the individual, our training is so individualized, you know, men and women can handle a lot of the same aerobic volume, specifically Carolyn and I were talking about strength training. And I think we see the biggest difference just in our makeup, you know, our strength to weight ratio is different. I think women usually carry more weight in a way than men do not because they have less more fat and then not as much muscle. So we were talking about, you know, a lot, some of our workouts are written that you should start with 10% body weight for, you know, doing squats or lunges or whatnot. And I was asking Carolyn, cause she is the strength expert, um, what her thoughts were for women who, you know, maybe don't have as much of a strength background. Doesn't mean they're not fit. Doesn't mean they're not strong, but taking an approach of maybe easing into strength training a little more, um, and doing, you know, maybe more of six to 8% body fat rather than with a man. I think I've found they just have more base strength, like in the gym strength. So if you throw them some heavier weights, it doesn't have the same impacts as you would see with a woman. Yeah. That's good that you're bringing up strength training right away. That's what I feel like I was really missing as an athlete myself. Like when I started training, I did lots of volume and lots of endurance training, but I didn't hardly do any strength training and the boys, you know, at that time, they could get away with it because they they already had some more muscle and yeah. and and were just overall like stronger in in that way. And I wasn't. It was something that would have helped me, but I didn't. You know, I didn't get that from my coaches at the time. Yeah, and you know, that's so so true, uh, Karen. That you know, I feel fortunate for this, like the situations that set me up to get into strength training early on. So I started some scheduled sort of routine strength training at about age 18. And then, and that was through cycling and working with my brother. And, and that, that was a long time ago, 35 years ago. And, you know, I was more of a legs and lungs athlete that, yeah, like backcountry ski and I rode bikes. So I got into climbing and then had to kind of twist that strength training understanding. I could see where my upper body strength limitation was. Like I had a lot of potential to be strong, but I wasn't. Like I maybe I could do a pull-up. And for female athletes, you know, we don't have the same usual sizable bone structure difference. Uh, we don't carry nearly as much testosterone, all those things. And so for joint stabilization, for, you know, injury prevention, for speed and power. And then you look at mountain athletes a lot of times. So I run a strength conditioning facility, as you know, specific to mountain athletes and getting people in the door. They're like, I just want to be outside. <laughs> I'm like, I know you want to be outside one to two hours a week. All you got to give me and you're going to injury prevention. You'll go faster. You'll feel better. You'll, your posture will be better, but it's not even present today in our mountain culture. And that's mm -hmm. where I feel like it's so great that uphill athlete, you know, really reinforces that and provides 
you know, that education for all of our athletes, but especially for our women who frequently are not as often comfortable or you know, feel comfortable to get into a gym environment, although that is changing. It is. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, we talked about this before, Kylan, just women's fear of like bulking up in the gym or not having the right education. I sort of a tangent, but I think relevant to this conversation, I was listening to a podcast. It was sent out, I think, to all the coaches about um, strength training for ultra runners and this research they've done about women and their tendon strength. And this, I've had tendonitis in almost every joint growing up. It's been one of my biggest like problems with sports for me. And it lays me off for weeks or one time I had to take almost a full year off just to try to heal. Um, And they're doing research that like women have weaker tendons, especially with their cycle. So um, they're seeing more tendon injury for women. That's way more frequent than for men you're going to see more like torn muscles or pulled muscles because they don't have as much flexibility and their tendons are stronger. So they're not seeing the same types of injuries. I didn't even know that. I thought it was so interesting that like our tendons get weaker through our cycle. And then, you know, how can we as women like counteract that with specific strength training and how can we be careful and not overuse our tendons? Um, So I think that's another thing as coaches, we pay attention to now and I wish I had known as an athlete for sure. And it would have answered some questions about why do I have tendonitis in my feet and my knees and my shoulders and my elbows all the time? Yeah. And especially because you were young and doing all of that while you were growing. Yes. So, you know, you're very tall. I grew a lot. I'm six foot. So there was a lot of energy going in a lot of different directions. <laughs> yeah. It's a little off topic, but fun because this is what we're doing. You definitely need to come to my strength conditioning facility. <laughs> I do. I need help. <laughs> and you would fit right in because my I have a staff of Amazons. I don't know how it happened. Yeah, I think I need to make a trip to Colorado. <laughs> I know. I'm the shrimp at 5'7". Like, all my gals are like 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". Another you know, anecdote for me, it took, uh, it took being really injured. <laughs> Yeah. to really come to terms with strength training because back before that I could just sort of get away without doing it you know I could I could progress on the bike or running by doing those things and I didn't really know what I what I was missing and I did like the haphazardous journey into the gym every once in a while that wasn't very productive but after I got injured with a, a bad knee injury and lost lots of muscle and had to have a second surgery a few years later, I really needed to train up the my quad again, my muscle. And so then I was like researching strength training a lot more and starting to spend lots of time in the gym to, to grow that thing back. Yeah. And it worked. And I saw <laughs> the progress and the gym became my happy place. It was a pretty amazing transformation, you know, and I could see the benefits like on my own body, what the strength training was doing and what it was allowing me to, to get back to, which is what I really loved being in the mountains, you know. I need to and start that- making my gym the happy place again. You're going to inspire me. Come to Colorado, see the theme over and over, get on the plane, come and visit. Um, You know, Karen, that is so great. I love the happy place. I don't strength train a ton every week, but it is my happy place when I go. I love strength, obviously. I love strength training, but I love, yeah, I'm like, you can come to Colorado too. Let's all come to Colorado and strength train. And then we'll go into the mountains. Yeah, because that's what my gym is. That's what my vision with strength training is. It's a support mechanism Mm -hmm. so that you can go 
do the things you want to do and be confident, not get hurt, continue to spend your entire life out there, which is what we all want to do. Yeah. So yeah, the strength training is so invaluable for, for that. And that was my thing. Like I was exposed to it young. And then by the time I got to climbing, you know, I had that super obsessive personality of and I wanted to get better at climbing, but I knew I needed to be stronger. And that's not the only thing that makes you better at climbing. We know that, but I did the same thing. Started picking up the books, you know, everything, Tudor, Bob, I read everything and just started applying and got strong. And I love being strong too. It's and not bulky, Maya, right? Tiny, not bulky. Strong, not bulky. That could be our tagline. <laughs> Hashtag. I also, I don't know if you guys have found this. I think women are strong in their core more than men. I always give women's core workouts. And they're like, that's easy. Like they, the focus when I work with women, it's like stabilization of the hips. So your knee tracks correctly all the little injury preventions, strength in shoulders and arms and like those bigger muscles. But I think women have a strong core. It's just what I found. I don't know if you guys have found this. I'm not, no, I'm maybe I'm the outlier, but. I don't know. I mean, I think women are like hard on themselves naturally, but Mm -hmm. comparing like the same strength workouts I've given given men versus women, I I usually find that the women are like, no, that was good. I can push me harder. I find that sometimes women, like especially endurance athletes, are really efficient. And so they find workarounds. That might be it. (laughs) And core weakness is one where they find good workarounds. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. And I'm being facetious here. Men just complain more. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's why we're the ones that can give birth. You know, that it's the whole life cycle thing. Yeah. No, you're probably right. My theory is wrong. <laughs> Carolyn corrected No, it. I think your theory is rock solid, but you know, it's just the whining factor might be less. Just yeah. that's, that's me being funny. Don't get mad boys. Um, anyway. Well, that was really fun. That was yeah. a good, yeah, chat. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about joining our female uphill athlete group, kicking off October 11th, 2021, go to www.uphillathlete.com. We would love to have you.